0: Say what you know about it It's the stew, baby Got that mise place. Yeah, the Youngest doula, baby And the room a lot
1: Hello, hello, you're listening to the stew my name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Say hello. Chris Stewart. Hello, everyone. Good job, Chris. Andre Conaparo, say hello. Hello. Happy holidays, everybody.
2: Mm. Yeah. Whoa. Holiday <laughs> hater. I'm fucking burnt. We
1: got one guest today. Our old friend, Doug. Dougie. Dougie Fresh. Doug Rankin in the building. Say bow, hello. Bow,
2: bow, bow.
1: Douglas. Happy to be here. Um... <laughs> Douglas is a chef here in L.A. If you don't know who he is, we we we, we became friends on Instagram, and then and uh, we like music and food at the yes, same time. One. And then when when we all did a pop up restaurant, hey. Doug was nice enough to help out and a little bit.
2: He's
0: like drank beers
2: and, <laughs>
0: and I don't know. It.
3: He did a lot. He did, did some late hour prepping the day before. He did yeah, the night yeah. before. Yeah,
4: he I, I, didn't I was supposed to, but I think that I just didn't make it. No, I mean you were you were there.
1: You were <laughs> physically you were there. there. Yeah. When you're when you're a person in your position, whatever you offer is over is 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 amazing. 100%. Somebody somebody in your position who has a a nice chef resume, who is an actual very skilled chef who's been working for years making crazy food, Whatever you want to offer to us is is a blessing compared to... The gong show that we put together for a pop-up? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought it was pretty well done, to be honest
3: with you. Yeah, yeah. buddy. We well, fed the we people. Had, we had some huge help, too. From we had some from help yeah. Forage yeah. from Forage, from and
1: Forage, and many, another, many, oh, God. many a person. There's a huge crew. The, uh, uh, way the sous chef from
3: this, your secret restaurant? Yeah. Um, Nate From Shout no name Big Nate
1: Big yeah. Nate Big was awesome And Chris Chang Nate and Chris Chang Both fell asleep At the, po- the pop up That's right <laughs> yep. and,
0: and you did too You took a little siesta
1: I fell asleep After it was done But they were sleeping Sort yeah. of while oh. where, While it was still going. I would have yelled at them
0: Damn
1: it <laughs> Well I mean You can't yell at people Who are working for free I <laughs> can't help it
2: I don't know <laughs> I like that about you I, mean, that's, I can't
1: help it That's why you're running The show Stewie Thanks dude But yeah Doug came over The night before When I was prepping Hasselback potatoes oh. And then you left to go DJ for like four hours And then came back
0: <laughs> And then I had to go and cover I had to go in and, and Close at the restaurant And I think I got home at like four in the morning And then
1: Chris Chang brought over barbecue And we all ate that And yeah. that was
0: good I didn't get that was working no, that's
1: that, basically what
4: happened to me too. I remember I was there and I watched what was going on, and then I went and partied <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> yeah, baby. And then and I was like, I gotta come back the next day. I yeah,
1: I can't do really that. Good. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. You came back the next day as the smoke was kind of cleared.
2: <laughs> oh, that's <yes>, right. <laughs> and then yeah, it, it came over. at the end, like. When it you, time, I remember you like grabbed <laughs> yeah. some squeeze
1: bottles and you're like,
2: hmm, pretty good. We got in here. <laughs> yeah. All right,
1: all right. Squirt a couple little. Onto the finger Like Alright you got a What do you got in there A little
4: harissa
2: Alright that's good That's good
4: I basically ate What you guys made And just commented on it
2: <laughs>
1: I was like Oh so you're done Serving people Let me taste what you did <laughs> <laughs> But you were there In spirit while we were cooking We thought of you Damn I mean I'm I've sort of like Mentally blocked That whole scenario Out of my mind I think about it all the time <laughs> Really?
0: No Me too It like haunts it, it me It stresses me out It haunts me on
1: like how I didn't
4: help As much as I would, thought no, I was Uh, not at all not at
0: all (laughs) tell me about it (laughs) we came
3: close to doing round two as well
1: hey man there's still time yeah you should do round two why not right now or why not location (laughs) why not
3: time location we'll figure
1: it out we got we got some coals in the fire irons in the fire but you got got time
0: in your hands let's do something (laughs) now of coals
1: that we're putting irons inside of
0: (laughs) also thank you nikki jagman she was a Real, real trooper. Oh, Jaguar huge. How do we yeah. forget to thank My her? girlfriend was
1: expediting. And yeah. And she learned yeah. how to expedite four seconds before we started expediting. Man. I'm I kidding. think that's, that's like... That's how you it, is, do it, dude. That's, that's right also... Right under pressure. That's like
3: her personality, too. She's very organized. Can, yeah. can, perfect,
1: perfect gal for the job. Yeah. Can uh, mandate. You know. I love you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we should... Inter- well, for those who don't know, Doug, you've worked in a bunch of restaurants. You... You... When I met you, you were working at Trois Mech, mm-hmm. chef de cuisine there, and, and also Petit Trois, two um, world famous restaurants. Very much so. You know, top of the pops here in LA for amazing ass food. And then we're just going to drink scotch and really get into it. Yeah, I'm really happy to just drink scotch well. yeah, it's
0: <laughs> like and, and
4: bullshit here. with you guys. Like, I think it's like I'm really pumped to be here. To be honest, like, Sweet. it's been a long time, and we've been talking about this we for forever. So it's like days, dude, it's, just so good. it's good to be here.
1: Well, it's it's nice to have a real pedigreed chef in here. We've oh, had thank a lot you, of dude. great chefs in here, but I feel like you're the are you the are you the Ooh. plug? I don't know. I I you might be. The... You know what happened today? Honestly, I I looked. I to... mean, toi Mech. <laughs> you run. You run a t- I've, When I ate at Toi Mac, I I hit you up, and you were nice enough to set me up over there. And I and I feel like service wise and experience wise and everything, I, was, I I'm very attentive of everything, and I notice all the things that are going on because I'm like a food nerd person. But I, and I was like, this is it, man. This is it. This is how it's. This is how it all goes down. You guys are definitely like that. Like when I remember when you hit me up about going in,
4: I was like. I remember I told the people there, I was like, listen, these guys know food very well. Don't screw with them at all. Make sure everything's perfect the entire time. And I wasn't there that night for whatever reason. Uh, Um, I was there that day. But I remember I wasn't there when you guys Mm -hmm. came. Because I set you up on like a late thing, didn't I? Yeah, it was like like 9.30 or something. Which is like the first time I've ever left a restaurant that early ever. But... It was just like it was a transition thing because I went from just being the chef at Tuomek to being the culinary director of both restaurants, mm-hmm. which was I, I, just a whole, a whole different ball game. <laughs>
2: dude,
4: Cause it, I, I, it wasn't. It was just two restaurants right next door to each other are a whole different thing. Like you, you would never breathe, think that. Dude. Mm-hmm. You have a second of the loan, you can't think. And there's think. two different staff, so it's like there's some cr- shit going on in one place, and you're talking to these people, and then you walk next door. And then two seconds later, somebody comes up to you and they're like, you know, there's a fire in the fryer or something like that. (laughs) And then you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to handle both these things at the same time And you're outside. Because
1: at at, at first glance, you would think if you're running two restaurants, having them next door to each other would be convenient convenient. because they're right there. But I guess we're seeing the, 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 the dark side of that.
4: I think that if it was, and I think that Ludo would say the same thing about this, if it was the same concept between two places and we just expanded it would have been you know really easy for us and not to say that it was like that hard it was just to do two totally different concepts side by side and really focus in and like on the type of detail that we did in both places mm-hmm. was a challenge for mm-hmm. sure and you know we succeeded in it everything's been great and and it was was great in both restaurants for sure and i don't say was because i left i that's not why, but um, <laughs> yeah, you
1: recently left working, yeah, there.
4: I recently left working there, and it was totally for selfish reasons. It was mostly about me thinking that all right, it's time for me to start my own thing and to really like follow like what my dreams are, whatever the fuck that means, but like in reality, just about how I want to change things in the industry and how I can do that, and really just taking a dive, which is what i'm finding out is a lot harder than you think it is when you're at a position like mm-hmm. i was before you're like yeah this will be easy no problem and then you get into it and you're like all right you know <laughs> yeah here we go we gotta i don't know why
0: you ever think that was easy <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, i mean they're all hard
1: he, he came from running two of the you know most prestigious kitchens in town and, and after you do it for a while you kind of figure like I, I think I got a good grasp on how this whole game goes down exactly and I think that was my and then when, when the uh, when the net is cut underneath your feet and then I mean but that's a step that everyone has to make oh, yeah. in order to move on to achieve all of their goals and do all that for shit. sure
4: and it wasn't like anything where there was any bad blood or anything between me or any of the guys like John Finney or Ludo like I love those guys. They're super supportive of me going forward with whatever I do. Mm -hmm. Especially Ludo is just like, you know, super pumped to be involved in whatever I do next. And he is it going to
1: be Investel?
4: I don't know about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I don't know if you know that word. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to my guy. Talk to my guy. I think
3: it would be really cool because I think we have different. What kind of levels of listeners, if you could break down what a chef de cuisine does at a restaurant as high end as Tromac? Yeah. And if you could kind of describe maybe the hierarchy of the kitchen, like how it starts on the bottom and, and where it, and how the food ends up finally leaving. That's a great question. Yeah,
1: because even I don't know exactly what the difference between what a chef de cuisine does and an executive chef. and right everything else all right so let me break it down for you Mm -hmm. Uh this is how it goes Mm -hmm. (laughs) so
4: like a a line cook is 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 a line cook you're following orders all day long but it takes a while to be a line cook at a place like twomack because we never hired people that didn't have like extensive food knowledge and have worked in really great kitchens and wanted to be Wanted to really follow in our footsteps in terms of whatever they wanted to do and and really expand the industry and in whatever it was, and then a sous chef in that type of place really is the bitch, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. like, like being a sous chef in those type of places, and I I bet you know any other chef could contest to this is that like you are constantly doing whatever the chef de cuisine or the executive chef tells you to do. But you run a lot of it. And I spent a lot of time as a sous chef before I took you know, the step up to be a chef, and I knew that was important, which a lot of kids nowadays don't understand at all, but it's extremely important. But then when you get to Chef de Cuisine, it's like everything's on your shoulders, 100%. So if somebody calls out, yeah, you can yell at the sous chef, but if he can't handle it, it's your fault and it's your problem. And working for Ludo is like he's gonna come down on me he's why would he come down on the sous chef like it all it's job. just like any job yeah. you know but really like my, my tasks and responsibilities were like I set that restaurant up from day one um, ordering programs we used hundred percent of the farmers market from there and the menu was something that I worked with Ludo on collaboratively from day one and we really developed a different style in the place, and I think that's why we were so successful, 100%. Like, there's no doubt about that, was that we tried to do something that wasn't what other people were doing. We weren't doing, I worked worked at a lot of places before that for a lot of big chefs, I'm not going to rattle off because I don't care anymore, but, (laughs) like, did the molecular gastronomy thing, did the, you know, nose-to-tail thing, and this was really the first time that I felt like it came from like emotion and like heart to like build a plate of food and really we really worried about and that's the thing about Ludo he really cares the entire time about what the customer feels and that was something that he taught me very well and I I take that and everything I do from now on is that we did like three or four ingredients we used to always keep when we talk about dishes we'd be like all right so we're gonna do four items on it and as a chef you you run away with ideas you're like and I'm looking at roses on, on Jason's beautiful table right now. And I'm like, all right, I'll do like a rose dessert. And then I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to put some beer on it and possibly some scotch and maybe some <laughs> yeah. and maybe some candle wax <laughs> and the granola or something like that. You know what I mean? And you, you just kind of go off. And I think that those are the type of chef that do that is hasn't developed into like really understanding what's important about food. Isn't It, it needs to be delicious. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like when you serve something to someone – if it's all in your head and you're like oh it looks like a flower garden and someone eats it and like what the what is this <laughs> you know like that's not cool it didn't work yeah <laughs> you want people to be happy and and that was really what we tried to do there so um, that was a big part of my job was developing that and then uh, i did that for almost 2 years and you know we had a ton of accolades from tomahawk yes and, Mm-hmm. And, and went on from there, and I I, I loved working there very much. It, it was really like what I would do if I had my own place was Tomic, and that's why I jumped into it from the start. And then, and then we opened Petite, <laughs> and then it was like Doug, you're great, so we're gonna make you do everything, kind of. And then my job changed a great deal. It was more about it was still about many development in a big way because Ludo still pushed me in that way. But it was also about you're managing like 25 people at once. And it wasn't just back house. It was front of house also. Oh, and mm. it was pretty much. And then it got into numbers, which I'm pretty good at. I would say I, I think I have a good business mind in terms of like, mm. I'm not going to do this. And, you know a lot of chefs like sit there and they jerk themselves off about stuff and they, and they and they wanted like do these plates of food, and their food cost is really high, and they don't make money and it's like at the end of the day we're running a business and we want people to be happy and the menu at tumac was like seventy five bucks when we opened for it was like ten courses like you can't you can't get that anywhere That's right a good deal you know and like yeah, it's hard to get into because it's not that expensive and the the amount the thing that really blew me away about tumac was. The amount of people, the success rate that we had there was uncanny to any place I've ever worked in. Like anybody that would come in would be like, "This is amazing! Come up to us, shake our hands!" Like, and I was like, "I didn't know how to handle that,
2: you know, (laughs) type of
1: praise from anybody." But it was really the first. And also, the kitchen is right there. It's It's such a part of it, so people have the ability to actually go up and shake your hand and do that. I mean, so insane. and, and trois Mec was a prefix only
3: advanced sold reservation only restaurant and then just for everybody's listening, and then Petit Trois is like a French grocery <coughs> that was you know but basically i mean very tiny. elevated, very amazing, tiny, but also you know you could walk in you know no in theory. No reservations, Mm -hmm. in theory, you wouldn't have to wait, but I mean, uh, the idea is that you could walk in and order... Have a glass of wine and an omelet. And an omelet. And and look at your black
0: belly. And it'll blow your mind. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. tables turn faster than I've realized there. I was astonished at how
4: quick people leave. But that was was the thing that made it so challenging, was that it was like, we did this exclusive place next door, and then we did no reservations in the new place, and... I think that we didn't know how to handle it right away, but then once it opened, we had a lot, like I had a lot of fun helping out and working there and supporting the chef and all that stuff and being like his ear to go to and talk to instead of Ludo, who's like a different ear to go to, obviously, but um, it was the first time that I really realized that right now what people want is a mix between the elevated and the simple and I think that a lot of chefs don't really realize that that's what's important right now is really just making food that tastes good and mm-hmm. stop like thinking about yourself like no one cares, <laughs> especially people that come there to eat they just want to have good food and and petite just sort and i yeah it's a- I didn't realize that it was when I was involved in it, and then all of a sudden we were. Just blown away completely about how it was and it was so fun to work there because how small it was, and it was like tox more of you know a little buttoned up a little bit, mm-hmm. not really that much, but a little bit and
1: it 's not that buttoned up, but it definitely is the full speaking. service experience yeah when you when you when you sit down in your chair, they move it in for you when you when you get up, they fold your napkin for you and place it yeah. on the table and it's it's very on. On, yeah, but you, but in a you good like way. get
4: up and they kick you down and like throw you in the bathroom.
0: No, <laughs> 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 it's great, They but eat enough. your
3: food if you leave the table. was <laughs> no, funny. The last time I
0: saw
2: you
3: was
0: there, it was there. Yeah, I was having lunch. <laughs> you yeah. came in and had lunch. Yeah, it's great. It's, I could not recommend Petit Trois anymore. It's, uh, it's the most comfortable place you'll go. Yeah,
4: it's, a, it's like, it's a very French comfort food. And I always, the funny thing about this whole thing with Tom and like Petitois is that, like, <laughs> I worked for Jose Andres for a long time before mm. I jumped in to work for Ludo. And I told myself, I'm never going to work for a French guy because I <laughs> knew how they were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then when I took the job, I was like, oh, John and Vinny are involved in this, who I knew really well. And mm-hmm. they you know, kind of brought me in to do the project. And then I was like, after the first couple of weeks, I was like, oh, my God this guy is so French Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm right where I said I wasn't going to be. But Ludo and I formed this like crazy bond relationship where he's like my older brother and I have so much love for the guy, which is funny because if you ask a lot of other people that worked for him, it it was like they didn't think the same thing about him after they had left for him. And I, I really found that, kind of like astounding like how could you not see the, the great things about working for this guy like he taught me so much in the three years that I was there that I would, I could never repay the guy like as crazy as as a French chef might be at times mm-hmm. or whatever it is it's like you can't trade that kind of teaching like one-on-one teaching and he was like there with me all yeah the time.
1: I feel like that's kind of what the French the classic French chef is known for like they will Beat the shit out of you. They'll bust your balls. They'll be they'll be super hard on you. But then also, though, that's the process you have to go through to absorb all of the knowledge they're giving to you.
4: Absolutely, and that was a huge thing for me.
1: <laughs> it took me a
4: while to understand it, and to really, because like I'm a fighter, and like I don't take shit from anybody, and I never have my whole career, and that's like done really well for me. But when I find somebody that I respect and really you know understand that they are giving me something it's like
2: mm-hmm.
4: bow down at that point yeah. which is which is what you should do and i think a lot of young guys if the, if i could give any message to like young cooks in the industry it's like shut up yeah. and listen to your boss if they're better than you then shut up if they're not better than you then get the fuck out of there that's, <laughs> that's your that's your problem one. you know it's mm-hmm. like it's not everyone else's problem don't post on instagram how you hate your boss that's your <laughs> problem like you screwed up in life Go, <laughs> go and do uh, well. If you're better than
1: your boss and you know it, then get out of there and go somewhere and go work and underneath somebody
0: who is probably wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you're you tripping. Yeah,
4: <laughs> so everybody wants to be a celebrity these days. You know, it's like, and that's what everybody wants. To, it's like, all right, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna work for this guy for six months, and maybe I'll go to Noma and stage for a little bit. <laughs> You know that's and then I'll go you, back
1: home and open a restaurant and take his down and, <laughs> and but
4: that never really works out, or the guys that win top chef oh, I would God. say or are on top chef, the whole thing is like you're promoting your personality, and yeah. I just don't do that like. I'm, Not I'm, a great personality. I'm, I'm a terrible personality. <laughs> I'm really rough around the edges, and I'll tell you what's up. And that's like really all I care about. I mean, let, the, let the plate speak for itself. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean,
1: it's, like, it's what it's, goes in your mouth. It's like wanting to be in the NBA. Like, thousands of, or millions of people want to do it, and 17 of you guys are going to actually make it. And it's kind of the same thing for the chef. It's just everyone wants to be the celebrity chef. It's true. A with very the, small <coughs> amount of you are yes, actually with the do exception it. of with the
3: NBA, those guys, nobody got there by being like, well, "I'm just going to shoot some free throws today, maybe play a little uh, Call of yeah. Duty, and uh, I don't know, hit the basketball <laughs> tomorrow or something." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those guys, just like the great chefs, are working 14 hours a day, insane. putting in their 10,000 hours, and you know, doing the thing. Mm-hmm.
4: It's funny because, like Malcolm yeah, Gladwell,
3: when when you're I mean, just like what you're saying is that
4: there's there's some people that just like. Any pro sp- I look at being a chef as a pro sport. I always, I always so have, and it's, and it's from day one, you show up, you're clean, you're ready to go, you put in everything, and if it doesn't work out for you at that point, then you need to figure out like what's different, or like it might be a different angle than you need to take right. in whatever industry it is. But you can't give up. And I think that it happens all the time. Is that people, you know, in, even in pro sports too? It's like you, you see all these guys that come out of college that are like great players or whatever. I'm a big football guy, nice. so and I grew up that way. So like, I, I look, got it. I Kobe look, Bryant. I'm I I look, I look I a it football like that. guy too. I but some it. people have no, this ma. have this natural ability <laughs> that. When they come into the industry, and I've seen a, a few of these people, and I'd like to think that I was one of those people, not to blow to my own horn at all because I i should—I I don't think of myself Woo-hoo. that way. Mm-hmm. But where things just click for you, and if it does, then you just need to follow what you're doing and like really pay mm-hmm. attention to what's going on around you and absorb everything because that just makes you a better person. But like, if you can't cook... Don't
2: cook. Yeah.
4: No, ever. <laughs> don't ever cook. Don't cook for your girlfriend or your mom, like anyone. <laughs> don't bring something to a holiday party. <laughs> Just don't do it. Bring a bottle of wine. Don't pretend you can do something you can't. Like, I cannot play basketball. Yeah. If I tried to dunk on somebody, I would
1: fall and probably break my neck. Right. <laughs> and it would be hilarious for everyone around me. If it doesn't – what's, what's what's the amount of time you give somebody if they can't – if it's not clicking for them, then they should. UPS is hiring. What Whoa. is it? Six months? What do you think?
0: Well, I think that that's no that's less. Long. If you go from dish from from lava platos from dishwasher from lava platos to to, to <laughs> prepador, like it should take you about two days to to really like, like I think I can cook. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, disagree.
2: Not, not
1: so much that. I'm I'm just so much as like. If you feel like it's clicking or not, or if you're just like maybe I just need to learn more, like is it, like what is the amount of time where you if it's not working out you should go oh, in the towel.
3: I thought you were saying how much time would Doug give somebody in the kitchen? You know, like oh it's not clicking. You're saying I, that I that's a very subjective oh, question. He's as right far on that. Like, hundred <laughs> <yeah, laughs> percent.
1: Okay. Like no, I mean like it, if 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 you really do have the gift and the skill and the knowledge and the and the and you're eager to learn and move forward. It, it it becomes very evident very quickly. Well, I'll let these guys answer. But my opinion really
3: quickly, too, is that it really depends on what you're doing, whether it's art or food or music. I mean, there's a lot of subjective things as far as whether what you're doing is received or if you're getting affirmation, what you're doing is good. Mm-hmm. I think when you're making food, it's much clearer as to whether people are enjoying eating it. and you, It's very, mm-hmm. very quickly one on one when you're developing art, film, music. I mean, it's like when you're talking about don't, how much time do you give before you give up on your dreams, I mean, some may say, you know, never. Mm-hmm. Follow for a lifetime and do what keeps a roof over your head and food, you know, on the table for your family. Mm-hmm. But, and, and that, I mean, that's my two cents. But I think mm-hmm. food is very different in the sense that if you're just shoveling gruel and you're just like, this is the best, like, that's, <laughs> that is somewhat, you can kind of gauge that in a way.
4: But you know what's funny is that some people are totally complacent with that life. And there's, I've met guys along the way that, like, they just love being the get-your-ass-kicked-every-single-night line cook. And that's all that they want to do. They don't, oh, don't yeah. want to, you know, aspire to be anything different. Mm-hmm. That, that's what makes them happy. And, and that's totally fine. And I'm in total support of that. Like, the world needs them. They do. Like, think about every time you go out to eat. Yeah. Like, you know how many shitheads? Are in there. <laughs> They're like real unhappy with what they do. But there's some guys that are in there that are the best at what they do. And they mm. are telling the person next to them, like, you're not doing that right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're terrible. <laughs> and maybe you should be, a, a you know, like a mailman.
2: Or something different
4: Like that happens all the time in the industry (laughs) And I love that part of our industry I love that there's this like talking down to About people that aren't serious about it Because if there wasn't that Then I feel like food wouldn't be going forward And it is going forward Just not the rate I'd like to see it at But you know those I don't want to say lesser restaurants But you know places that are And when I say lesser restaurants I don't mean like I mean like places like Nobu yeah, shaky. <laughs> you know, like you know, one of my favorite places right now. Like, I love little hole in the wall places. It's my favorite places in the whole in, in all of L.A. Mm-hmm. Like, I when I just I just moved to Los Feliz, like six welcome, mo- welcome to the neighborhood six yep. months ago, and I love it here. But Yucca's, I've never been there oh, before.
0: So solid, but like, it's a crazy institution. She's just
4: killing it every day. Yeah, I had the steak sandwich from there, and I was like, I have to have this at least once a week. They have yeah, a sleeper man.
3: California burger there too. Oh, do that. It's like it's it's like a. a <laughs> I haven't had a stick since. Meat, meat and cheese on a It's pond. amazing. I wouldn't think. Yeah, that's it, and but Yucatan is also famous really for their their Yucatan food. Yeah. But I mean, But they I I'd say
1: they're equally famous for their burgers. Yeah. But they got write it up. It's just great all and the, the She's there
4: every day. And sitting that, on the chair. the grandma that who runs thing, that place. Like the grandma sitting outside. Yeah. Telling me I can't take my food to go without cash payment makes, <laughs> makes me really happy because I know that she really gives, you know, so much about her craft and really wants to be involved yeah. in everything that she does. And those little places in L.A. really make me want to be here for a long time. I've thought about leaving for a while, but, like, you just – I mean, Koreatown, Thai mm-hmm. town – Mexican everywhere. Yeah, exactly. It just, it just, it's great, it's, you know. And I can't, I can't do it out there. Where were you thinking about moving to? I don't know. I think that we thought, me and my girlfriend thought a little bit that it might be better to move to a different area to try something out different there. And and then after talking through it a lot, we're just not there right now at our, you know, at our time. Mm-hmm. But it could happen in the future. Who knows? But I really, really want to start something here, and that's why I left. Tuan Petit mm-hmm. was to do yeah. my own thing here because I feel like there's so much creativity in L.A. Like even this, like we're sitting down, like talking about food with people that I like really,
1: you mm-hmm. know, like hanging out with. Like that's fun, you know. Shit doesn't fucking happen in Nashville. No, no. Get the fuck oh. out of here, Nashville. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> fuck you, Tennessee. The other thing too is like when you
3: when you leave something that is so high profile. You know in Los Angeles, trois Mac and Petite Trois. i mean that is that is l a like in a nutshell the last couple of years mm-hmm. but how can you not think about going somewhere else when you 're thinking about starting afresh, considering the cost of living in Los Angeles and, and how also it is to start businesses the, yeah. the difficulty of permitting a new
1: restaurant and everything that goes on. But we take (laughs) it back, Nashville. We're not so bad after all. But then you
3: then you have your family and your friends, and you have your network (laughs) in L.A., and it makes sense to stay. But it's like, how can you not think about like, all right, let's take six months and drive across the country and find a town that we think would be receptive of something really exciting. Yeah, my girlfriend's from Denver. Yeah. So and
4: and uh, apparently. She's a publicist, also. It's burgeoning over there. So, like, I kind of trust her. I hate Denver. So, you talked about (laughs) growing up. Denver is popular On the the food scene thing. Like, not in normal life, but like. So, I'm like, okay. Maybe we could try that out at some point, but I know it's more about like the, the cost of living there is a lot cheaper, and to open a restaurant there is cheaper. But. I don't want to open some restaurant that's like Boa Steakhouse where I'm paying like twenty grand a month. Right? For rent. That, yeah. yeah. No, right. No. And, that, and that's yeah. the great thing about here is like I could go into a donut shop and be like, "Your donuts are terrible," and I will take over this place tomorrow. I'll I'll buy the place from you and we'll go from there. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Awesome! Can I serve donuts?" Still? And I'd be like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I mean you can just do a a, like a baru situation exactly where it 's just a, sh- a shitty storefront I mean, how much do you think they pay they pay you know two three grand a Nothing. month for rent yeah. that place peru is is great. I went
4: there for the first I was trying it to go awesome. there for a while yeah. and I, and I was really surprised with how good the food was, and it was just like i mean I'm, I'm, I bet it 's like two grand for rent in that mm-hmm. space. And he's just done it in his own so way. And, and it's so cheap. And it's good. For and the f- commercial real estate. But the food is not like, it's not cheap in terms of like, you wouldn't think that. It's not Koreatown cheap, I yeah. would say.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And it's I, not
1: cheap, but it's also not expensive. It's not.
4: Yeah. It's like very middle of the road. And, it's, and you don't feel, there's no Hollywood, yeah. you know, whatever yes, involved that's true. in it at all. And you're, I getting, think, you're getting a value for your money. And that guy's like really talented. Mm hmm. I tried to talk to him a little bit when I went in there, but I, I didn't make that happen. I was, like, trying to yell at him. because I
1: was like, come talk to me. <laughs> I've, I've developed a decent relationship with the, with those guys. Really? hmm they're, they're, The guy that was at the counter was super nice.
2: hmm
4: And I had the fried rice, which everybody's taken a million Instagram pictures of, and I mm-hmm. thought it was great. And... I had a couple of things that I thought were like, okay, mm-hmm. but were very exper- experimental and I thought that he was really just trying to do something different, which a lot of people don't have the balls to do. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. more props to that guy in, in which, is, which is
1: Which is one thing that I really gathered when I ate at Twomek for the first time was that that's exactly what you guys were doing. It was like the first, it was like the, it, the way I looked at it and I think I talked about it on this podcast earlier it was it's like kind of a, A playground for these kind of high-level ideas mixed with like stoner ideas of just like let's try anything and everything some stuff is gonna be amazing some stuff is not gonna be as good we're gonna do all this crazy crazy things and guaranteed you're never gonna have something that you've ever tasted before yeah you're gonna love stuff you're gonna you're not gonna love stuff some stuff is gonna be good some stuff to be excellent you might not even like some stuff but it's the one place where you can just really be like wow this is just nothing as if I've ever had before. I mean that
4: makes me feel really good to hear you say that because <laughs> that's what
1: that's what happened to me. I do I do know
4: they that, that- do you guys know your shit? Like, do you and Sam know your shit for yeah. sure? <laughs> like, when I see you guys come to place, I'm like, oh, fuck. A little bit. Like, you're critics, a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, not yeah. in a negative way. And like, mm-hmm. a, oh, I got to make these guys make sure they have a good time. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Stu. When Stu came in, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. but, that,
2: but as a chef, is that exciting oh, for you? Yeah, I love that part of it. I feel it. like it must be exciting. My
4: favorite thing about being a chef is service. Oh, I so love funny. being involved in service. And, like, everything that comes along with it, like, ordering and, like... To-go boxes. To be honest with you, like, I, I'll... validation. <laughs> when I open my place, which is going to happen soon, I'm going to, you know, kind of pass that off to people. Because I want to be the person that's there in front talking to people when they come in and asking them how they're doing. And, like, you don't like this? I'm going to make you something different. I'm not going to sit there and be, like, snooty about it and think that it's not, you know, that, oh, I i put in so much work into this and then you don't know what you're talking about that mentality is just mm. if you don't I,
1: like the way i pair chorizo with cantaloupe yeah then you're <laughs> fucking wrong
4: yeah th- i think that that mentality is just is just it should be dead It's mm-hmm. exactly it's gotta die somewhere. because people just don't people like what they like and food is not for these like i heard somebody talk to me about this the other day they were like so they saw somebody on Top Chef who's right now and who shall remain nameless <laughs> and did something that had to do with like grabbing crap from the woods when they don't have any idea what they're talking about. And, I know who you're talking about. And and I was like that's that's not if I was on a TV show like top chef which i've been asked to several times to turn them down because i would never be a part of that <laughs> at all i don't have any desire to because i think it's just not yeah, what, what the reality is you know i just don't think it's i don't think it's cool no. and okay. i and i want to i want to be cool <laughs> <laughs> good for you cuz
1: it must be hard to resist that as a as a chef
4: yeah, I think no. that I think that like I think that there's like some people that feel like that's their only way that they're gonna make it mm-hmm. in some ways. And there's other people that like right now on the on the top of the sheet, my the guy who taught me how to cook, honestly taught me how to cook, his name's Amar Santana. He's on the season right now and he's a great cook. Like, Mm -hmm. better than probably anybody on the show. I haven't watched one episode of it. (laughs) Guaranteed, though. And he's he's texting me like, dude, are you watching? I'm like, no, no, I'm not watching. (laughs) But I really respect this guy so much. He taught me how to cook in New York. And like, I'm like, why are you on that show? And he already owns his own restaurant in Orange County. It's called Broadway. And then he uh, just opened a new place called Vaca, Mm -hmm. which is in Costa Mesa. And he just did it for fun. Like he did it because he's – we are the same mindset as the like we played the sport and we're just out there to beat people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's where the competition in the cooking is fun. But like to be there and, and to like show people that you can grab rocks out of the woods or cook with flowers or whatever you're going to do is just not really – you know, you're not benefiting anybody, and like, yeah, it might be good TV because everyone laughs at you because you're an idiot. But like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just
2: it's not very honest.
4: It's not honest cooking, no, you know. Like, not. I just want to cook honest food, and <laughs> I want people to be happy not. and have fun, and like, and that's that's what <laughs> we can from. From. So keep being
1: idiots because you make me look way better. <laughs> <laughs> well, so l- let's talk about you moving away from working for somebody else and now going on your own venture. So you're going to start doing pop-up restaurants yeah, and then eventually work your way up into having your own brick-and-mortar restaurant. Well, the thing is that what I decided was, which is
4: really important to me, was that like... Money is good? I mean, money is why we're all in this industry. We can make money and we have fun while we're being in a restaurant and we're not sitting behind a desk or,
2: Mm-mm.
4: you know... You know what are those like? Eight and AT T, like telecom, whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> yeah, like somebody like that who's just basically talking to people they don't care about all day long, working it, for the weekend. Yeah, we're 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 there because we care about what we're doing, and I, and I love to think that that's really what the industry is about. However, it's not. But there's because there's so many people that are involved that are just worried about themselves. And not worry about the institutions that they 're involved in, I think that 's a big thing, so like for me, the next step for me is is my my thing that i 'm doing i 'm doing a dinner in santa Ana is my first one um uh the sixth of january and there's there's still a few tickets available santana so santana what restaurant is it at? it 's at playground
2: mm-hmm. two point yeah. which oh, uh nice.
4: jason is is a friend of mine and I was honestly, this is how the whole thing happened. This wasn't like a planned out thing. Like I'm not like some savant in terms of like what's going on at all. I was down there and my buddy owns a butcher shop that's right next door. And we were talking about sausage. Mm
2: -hmm. And
4: then he came over the guy and he was like, hey, you want to do a pop-up next door for a little bit? He came into Twomack and I was like, yeah, sure. What the fuck? Whatever. I'll do it. So I just did it there. And then from that idea, I was like, I really need to start you know kind of branding myself and doing my own thing so we're i keep saying we're because i feel like there's this whole team behind me but it's no one it's just me (laughs) it's just me me. i'm by myself
3: help me please well we're here to help you buddy (laughs) yeah let us know. Let us know. First help, Dinner by Doug. I think that's the uh, name you want to go with. Mm-hmm. Feel free to steal that. <laughs> so, <In> Orange County <laughs> is
0: our motherland. Yeah, well, I that? mean,
4: that's where I landed, so I felt like that was the first place that I needed to do something when I came from uh, from Manhattan to moving out here. And I wanted to do something that was approachable, but still, like, in the realm of, of really what I want to cook. So it's a seven-course tasting menu. Uh, the price is 175 a ticket, which is kind of high. I know that, and it's not really where I want to be. But the guy is charging me so much <laughs> to to be there that I felt like that's what I needed to do, and to to even break even. And it, but it includes wine and tax that's and nice. tip. Mm. It also, Includes wine. That's, that's not expensive at all. Deal.
0: That's good. Like you don't
4: have to bring your wallet. So I figured, you know, like whatever. If I was doing it in L.A., which I will be soon. <laughs> it will be a lot different in terms of how we're going to run it but um and and that's actually happening soon too which is basically the whole you know the underlying issue is that the name of this pop-up pop is Rogue mm-hmm. and uh that will be the name of the restaurant when it opens um and it's and you know it's it's you know, Chef Doug Fresh is going rogue, <laughs> and, and that was how I thought about the whole thing. It was just, and you have I was, gone rogue. I'm, I'm, I've gone rogue because I've worked for all these celebrity chefs for so long, and I've realized what they do to make them money and make them, you know, approachable by a lot of people. And my goal is not to make a ton of money. I really don't care about that. I just really want to survive. But at the same time. I really want to change the industry in some way and I think that that's why I've been put here and that's why I had the training I did was to try to move it up in in whatever I could. And the whole concept of of Rogue and um, what we're doing is just what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it myself. (laughs) Is just to be um, totally different than what we've been doing before. And I really want – several things to be li- to be listed as as different and the first thing is that you know service staff in terms of, of how they operate in LA is going to be very very minimal topless <laughs> is what you're saying <laughs> extremely topless top, All right. top down
2: top, top down baby you know? oh.
3: bottoms off Did that's dig? that's the whole
4: goal is that <laughs> we have restaurant p- professionals instead of Waiters and cooks I don't want to blur These lines anymore and I feel like all these chefs are like Talking about this shit and they're like oh yeah We're gonna have no waiters or we're gonna do this like Listen you don't Understand how to approach it It's like if you can teach a cook How to serve wine or if you can teach You know a dishwasher How to bust a table Then what's the problem the, the more that they know The the better you are As an as a, as a entity mm-hmm. And the better that you are Pushing you know food forward and the restaurants forward,
1: and not restricting a dishwasher from being able to do anything else other than wash dishes where he, where if he's like, "Hey, I want to help out, I could go bust that table and I could refill that guy's water, Number but he knows that he's not allowed to do anything except he's not, he's not allowed to poke his head outside of the kitchen. It's not helping anyone. Yeah, that's the thing. Is
4: that there will be no dishwashers that work for me that will ever not know how to prep every single item that's on the menu and how not to mm. walk out and serve a glass of wine if they need to because that's mm. going to be their job. And if they can't work for me after that point, then I'll cut them loose. But,
1: <laughs> but. Wow. <laughs> Stuart is both aroused and confused right now. No, I'm no, not. <laughs> I feel, I'm looking at, I'm looking at you say this stuff and I'm looking at my brother's face and he's, He's like excited and confused. The logistics are happening. And right he's like, what? what he, it, it's, it really is, this is well, how This is how big things happen.
0: Well, that was, you know, it just sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. I just, I, I, I want to
4: have like one rest, like one front of house professional who's someone that knows wine really well and knows service really well. To work with me, to be like a partner, and I haven't found that person yet. But I'm sure that that's I will hard. possibly do
2: yeah. uh, <laughs>
3: it. Fingers I'm pretty, pointing across I'm the ceiling. I'm dude. pretty rough around the edges, though, Doc.
0: Dude,
2: dude man, you got nothing yet, dude.
3: <laughs> I'll show you rough. I'll show
4: you rough, bro. But,
2: <laughs> but well, you know, was,
4: at the same time, like yeah, that, this is so important to me. Is to have that, like. It's more like if they see people – like the two people that are in the front and back of the house working really well together and having a good time and just – like I just want to hire my friends and cook and have fun. I don't,
1: I don't want to like deal with mm-hmm. what – You have yep. people that, that do it right. They know the industry and they know how to talk to people and they're not dumb and it's just – everyone yeah. gets yeah. it. And it's and it's not all it's not so much fluff and all that stuff. It's just people doing their job and everyone everyone is chilled. The like if you want to be a celebrity, it. you're fired. No, well,
0: <laughs> front of house stewie. Nobody, no, better, the, in the, the nobody better in the nobody better in the business. Front of house everything everything is, is that the front of house. You'd be surprised how psyched like, they would be to like plate a salad and make a salad. Like I am front more or less the front of house manager, but I'm the general manager. So like I'm back there. I'm making sauces. I'll like, slice onions. I'll do whatever the fuck I gotta do all the time. But that's and the that thing. stuff is fun to me because yeah. I don't want to do the same thing every day. It's boring to do the same. But thing But that's every a day. rarity exactly.
1: in the in, in the industry, it's isn't it? Be surprised
0: if you give them the opportunity, they'll do it. But they' that's these, my point. It's mm-hmm. like this, like it's Berlin. You know, it's like it's it's East and West Germany. Like you break the wall down, you'd be surprised that the people in the front are so down to like cook. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the people I, in the back are so down to serve. I agree you, with you. It, you, it's like. Exactly this is magic right yeah. here,
1: guys on the pod. I like yeah. it. we're creating magic right now.
0: this is good yeah. the thefroy I'm doing jazz the doing, bricks
1: are coming out of the
0: yeah. wall baby yeah. I'm doing jazz, I'm
1: doing
3: jazz hands It's right going now. on <laughs> he's here he's doing
1: the mural. this is big. buy your bricks on eBay they're gonna be collectors <laughs> items
4: <laughs> but really like <laughs> that Grouchard. that is where I think that the industry should go, and I think that like if no one's gonna do it then I'm gonna do it, and I don't give a shit when anybody says about it. I, I mean, love it. it's just like let's let's do it you know and then, and then so basically the way that this whole thing's going to play out is that rogue is going to go from shitty santa ana where we're from i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm just kidding dude i was kind of no, i was kind of we
0: are but like i lo- you know i was
4: kind of born there in la in a way, because mm-hmm. like when I came from there, oh, like yeah, that's, that's right. like so. I'm, I don't say that in a negative. way. I love way. it. I love it. But I mean that like that's real ahead. That's where Santa it's gonna Santa start, heads, no. and then we're gonna move it up to LA. I've I've um I've talked
3: to
4: I have, I have a couple of people I've talked to. Um, the old Little Fork space that's in Hollywood is kind of up right now. Yeah, mm, and they right. and the, I've talked to the, the guy who's the owner, and we're gonna run Rogue out of there for a while. Wow! So it's gonna start there, start so in San cool. Indiana, and then Stube it's gonna exclusive. move up. And then we're gonna go. Suck this it this is too exclusive. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like my girlfriend wants to throw this on Eater so bad, but like mm. I waited to talk about this stuff with you guys. Yeah, how is your girlfriend so helping awesome out in this? She's doing PR stuff. She works for a a big PR firm, um, and she is amazing. That's great. And I I love you, Stephanie. Shout out, Stephanie. Even though you make me crazy, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) But she helps a lot. I love
1: the Kurt and Courtney vibe you guys have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're just trying to keep it punk
4: rock a little bit. Mm -hmm.
1: No, that's good. I mean, like, that's exactly what you need. Somebody like you, who like you have your strengths, you know exactly what you want to do, and you have your weaknesses. For sure. And she so many. she fills <laughs> she fills in those gaps perfectly. Yeah, exactly. She's like she's like you do your shit, you do it amazingly. I'm gonna do my shit that you suck at, and we're gonna we're <laughs> yeah. all we're gonna we're gonna that's flow, awesome, and too. it's yeah. gonna it's that's gonna go up. That's exactly
4: well. what it's going on. It's, it's like when you when you for me it's like it's like a human being when you know that you're not great at something, but you still tell someone you're good at it. That, that's when you, you suck. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, like, I totally agree. You you shouldn't do that. That's you when you're spinning just, your wheels. Yeah, you should just find people to help you, and find people to make you you know better than you are. And she pushes me in a way that makes me nuts. And I like sometimes like. Nuts. But at for this, listeners at home, he's making a
1: strangling <laughs> motion. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but 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 that's that's what that's what you got to do. But she pushes me to be better every day, and that's like. The most important thing to me is to have somebody just being like, wait, you're not taking this deal. It's a shitty deal. Like, and I'm like, oh, I thought this was a great deal. No, you're retarded. <laughs> Shut up and sit down for a second. And I'm like, okay. And then I listen to her and she's right 99% of the time. Even though I'd like to not think so, but like it helps
3: me You're out. That one
1: percent you got the jab in. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta keep.
2: Except a little for, little for that bit of my manhood, in, uh, <laughs>
3: IKEA today, Stephanie, that uh, we both know does not belong in the
1: house for the party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> if you guys manage to go to IKEA for four hours today and you yeah, haven't you broke up yet, things are going well.
4: Yeah. That's when you know you're in love, dude mm-hmm. When you go to Ikea for four hours We both know the flat
3: whites Better than sandalwood, Stephanie <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
3: Well, that's amazing, man Yeah, so I'm pumped about that I just want to see
4: how LA responds to it And then I'm going to go from there And kind of just do it in a fun way The, the dinners that are going to happen At Little Fork are going to be um, Or the former Little Fork space Will be more about Fun than anything else <laughs> I just want to have dinner parties and I want to have people come in and it won't always be a tasting menu or like food that's similar to Twomek, which is a style that I call my own. Mm-hmm. But it will also be things like we're going to do a crab boil,
2: mm. you know, P-Y-O-B, mm.
4: let's do this shit. I'm going to bring picnic tables in there and dump it on the table and come in and break some crabs. And if you can't break a crab, then you get the fuck out. And that's it. <laughs> that's you awesome. Yeah. Like that's, that's really like... And and that's just like the tip of the iceberg of of really what we want to do. There. I'm loving He's, it. It's kind of just. Andre is hard for, right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, baby. He's peaking. I just want to have Knocking fun. On wood. Like, why not cook and have fun? Like, I've I've worked for all these crazy crazy bastards for forever, <laughs> and have learned that even they, out of anybody else, just want to have fun cooking, and they feel bogged down by you know the pressures of the industry and i feel pressure right now for the first time that same pressure that they do because i'm out on my own but i'm not scared because of what they've taught me and i'm just going to do my thing and if it works out it works out if not i'm going to work at pollo loco <laughs>
1: <laughs> first if you work at a pollo loco i'm going
0: there <laughs> the plating is going to be I so like good.
1: corporate chef pollo loco like like two hundred grand a year, pull
4: like. it Yes, yes. You
0: swag, you swag, swag, swag. A, a bean, a BRC. Oh, for oh, sure, dude. I'm looking right now. We got beans. Here. <laughs> I can roll a bean
4: burrito.
1: Well, let, fun fact. let's. Yeah, Stewie I knows how to roll, roll all roll, rollable yeah.
0: products. Yeah, except for Joy. he can't roll a Joy of all the things. He can't like roll a doobie, joy? but you you put or a, a cigarette.
1: You give him uh. a spring roll. You give him a tortilla. You give him. Uh, you give him. A, we. we Stu, I just had Stewie roll. Uh, a truckload of lumpia for Christmas. Oh, you ran on
0: that? Yeah, it's so fun.
1: Yeah. It's fun to so pop in.
0: Dude,
4: lumpia is my favorite thing of all time. It's perfect.
3: Yeah. It's
0: the it's,
1: it's the Well, me, me, Sam and Stewie made probably a hundred of them on Christmas. Gosh, yeah. Awesome. For the first time. I that didn't I didn't know fun.
3: they were making them and <laughs> I did I, I didn't get invited to make them and I didn't try one. Well, the only reason why Stewie but was it's... invited
1: is because What? He, he came you know over. Your brother. Well, <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm, he's pissed about that shit. Well, Andre's
1: pissed. But I, I, I was pissed. like, all right, I'm just gonna make some lumpia, and then, and then I realized, oh, it takes three hours just to separate the skins oh, yeah. from each other it's in so the yeah. And then like, uh, <laughs> you, guys, you guys see a trend happening? That's, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. Talk about
0: delegation, the Stewart brothers. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's fuck this. totally take the It's like. Uh, oh, yeah. no, I'm not
4: pulling the paper all this bitch. <laughs> uh,
1: well, you know, my first time making the lumpias I once I perfected the filling recipe, yeah. then we got then I got the filling wrappers from C, from Seafood City, defrost them overnight, and then we're rolling them out. And Stewie comes from his restaurant training, so like Sam and I are just like. I'll unroll one And I'll put it on the cutting board And I'm going to cut it into four And then I'm going to fill this one And roll it And Stewie's just like Blam, blam, blam Blam, blam, blam And each, He's one, it like each that. one is layered on top of the other one And then I go to roll one And he smacks my hand out He's like No We roll him out And then we fill him And then we roll them. There's an order to this? You idiot And I was like Okay I understand this This works this works. That's how I'm you also, do it. dude. That's how you gotta uh, be. A, you gotta be a leader, like. Well, I mean, you need that when you're doing when you need to make a hundred lumpia versus yeah. like I'm yeah. gonna recipe test three lumpias <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna, I'm gonna I, I set aside 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. today. I'm gonna roll them. And I have my extra virgin olive oil in my copper pot. And I'm gonna boil them perfectly. And Suey's so yeah. just like, bum, bum, bum,
0: bum. Bum, I'm bum, 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 like, we're late. I want to <laughs> see my mother. Let's get the fuck <laughs> out of here. This and is I'm Christmas.
1: Like, my mom's texting me like, Are you guys coming? I'm like, <laughs> I'm in the weeds, mom. I can't talk right now. <laughs> I was so and buried with Lupi and my, right now. Mom. And then my mom's like, you're bringing what? And I was like, it's not for
0: you. It's for the Filipinos. I got not talk. Christmas is canceled. We have two Christmases. Every, it's so
4: funny. That's so funny. <laughs> Lupi is like one of my, honestly, one of my favorite things of all time. The first time I had it, I had this friend when I was in like elementary school. And he was, Whoa, like, he, was he was my buddy. And a he, was, he, was Fili- <laughs> he was Filipino, and he used to be nasty at hockey, like ice hockey. Nice. So I started playing with him a lot, and his brothers were like – kick your ass like they would just punch me in the face all the time (laughs) but then we'd go home after playing. the punching (laughs) part
1: sounds Filipino the hockey part not so much I know that's what's so (laughs) strange about (laughs) the story
4: and then we used to go back to like his place and his mom would cook us these fucking dinners and they'd be amazing and they'd just be and I remember eating these little egg rolls and I'd be like this
0: is the best thing I've ever had. They're <sighs> they're the, they're the, the Cadillac of egg rolls. They're the Cadillac, hands down Oh my for favorite. sure. Denali. My favorite. Like yeah.
1: Well, the re- I, I I've I learned from my girlfriend who's Filipino the reason why lumpia are the best egg roll is because they're 17% filling and 83% f- fried crispy wrapper. And they're yeah. so they're so thin, they're so great. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But I, I was filling, I, I was it. filling them up like cigars, and she's like, right. "No, no, 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 way no, no, too no. much filling. Like no. this needs to be all crunchy nothingness, and then right. like two millimeters of of meat." The, vin-
4: the vinegar is my favorite part. You need the yeah. sauce. Yeah, the sauce yeah. is happening. Dataputi.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, the you, spice you, vinegar. You make your slurry. You get a you get a good slurry going of the of the. The coconut sugar cane vinegar. Yep. You get the fish sauce. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. And well, the best part about the Filipino vinegar is they're sold in plastic two liter bottles, and when yeah. you go to Seafood City, they cost eighty nine cents. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It's and so, cheap. so much better than the vinegar you buy in a lot of other places. Yeah. It's like naturally fermented, like good
4: vinegar. Mm-hmm. And it's the one that has like the little chili peppers in it. That's mm-hmm. the shit right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you just pour that and you just dip the lumpia in it and you're like Yes. But and you it, know what? I can't make lumpia. Really? I bet you I could if I had a recipe, if I watched a Filipino make them, but I never because I just the ate them.
0: What part can you make? Um,
4: the- nothing. I could make everything. I just like... Yeah. In terms of the way I talk about food, I'm not like, yeah, I can make the best fried rice ever. Oh, sure. If I've never seen the best fried rice makers Mm, right Mm -hmm.
1: or watch youtube several times Mm -hmm. (laughs) well speaking of fried rice i had a lot of extra lumpia meat left over from my recipe testing pork and nothing nothing makes a better fried rice i've learned than lumpia meat filling Mm. did you do it raw do
4: you mix it raw or cook it i didn't do it raw i cooked it ahead of time but when you made the lumpia for christmas Mm -hmm. did you put them it put it in raw and then fry it when it was raw no, no.
1: i cooked first and then fried uh,
4: i did it one other time with a fil- filipino girl that worked for me a long time ago and she did it raw and when we cooked it i was like this isn't the same bitch Are you fucked up
1: <laughs> 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 well that's that's the thing is like like my uh my girlfriend's mom like she ate it and she's like oh did you do it raw and i said no and she's like mm and then she she ate, she ate one and she's like this shit is good. She did? Yeah, she said literally those words this shit is good. But I but we I I, so I treated the meat filling kind of like the the filling of maybe a shepherd's pie or or something like that where it's a slow process, you build the flavors, you do you you yeah. do the garlic first, you do the aromatic vegetables, you do the pork. It's a slow thing. You finish it with with soy sauce and vinegar and fish sauce and you kind of work it into a paste and it's not just like Mix everything in a bowl, fill it in a wrapper, and fry it, kind of thing. But,
4: well, like, what's in it? It's like ground pork, right? Yeah. And then it's what, carrots? Ground pork, garlic. carrots,
1: garlic, celery, onion. It's a mirepoix. Um, you can all, but you can also do water chestnuts. I was going to say water chestnuts. Water chestnuts is a big thing. It. Yeah. Yeah, very finely. A lot of people will grate it. The first recipe test I did grated, and it didn't work because there was too much water in there. I didn't drain it enough.
4: Water <laughs> chestnuts are, are one of my favorite things. Yeah. Have you ever had them, like, not in a can before?
2: Mm-mm.
3: No.
4: Bitch.
2: <laughs>
4: Amazing. And they're like, no, no. I mean, like, they're a bitch to work, to, to with? work yeah. with, like. Um, <laughs> they're canned for a reason. Like, yeah, yeah, they're canned. It's just, like, bamboo shoots. Like, you really, like, ah, out Like, have you ever been to, like, like, this is actually a pretty similar, not hu- funny it. story. To Huntington. Have you been to Huntington Gardens before? hmm Yeah. You know, they have, like, that bamboo forest. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I was talking about this, actually, right before he came here, um, I went with a couple of chef friends there, and we were walking around like maybe two or three weeks ago. And there's these things called, foraging f- for called, Sorrel. F- called finger limes there, right? Have <laughs> you ever heard of finger lime before? Yes. So they're like, they no. look like little like black bananas when they're ripe. Huh. They're like about that big. And they're really expensive. Like mm. a little clamshell is how we measure it, which I don't know what yeah, that Yeah, it looks measures. like a banana that's like two inches long. You, yeah. yeah, they're like 30 bucks for like 20 of them.
3: So what you're saying is no more finger limes at Huntington Gardens anymore? No. Don't get me in
2: trouble
4: because they told me not to steal them. (laughs) But we stole a lot. Please don't steal (laughs) our garden. (laughs) So it's like citrus caviar and you cut it in the middle and then you just squeeze it out and it basically is like caviar but it's like lime...
1: It's, it's little. It's little caviar-sized lime seeds. That are, they're kind of like molecular balls. Wow! And you and you eat. In, you bite into them, and they burst with lime juice. But yeah, you can kind of sprinkle them on, on top of things.
4: They're so amazing and scientific. And I stole so scientific, scientific, <laughs> and I stole so many of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, I remember when I was at. I think when I was at Tuam I think I had something with finger limes on yeah. it, and I remember. Asking the guy, I was like, What is
2: this we didn't steal was like, Finger <laughs> and he's like Ugh. But, 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 but I mean, this
1: was a while ago, this was a few months ago,
4: but yeah, I mean, basically, we walked up to a tree, and these things were like on the ground, and me and my chef buddies looked around to each other and pretty much just looked to see if anybody was around, and then all three of us at the same time, without anyone <laughs> acknowledging that we were going for it by the tree. <laughs> and fill their pockets with these things. Look, if,
3: if
1: finger limes are on the ground, you play ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. If they're on the but ground, But also, I've, I've heard of the finger limes. They're the best when they are on the ground.
4: Yeah, they are. They're ready, mm. 100%. They're on the ground for a reason. You know what's not the best? Your pocket's full of dirt, <laughs> <laughs> That's not the best afterwards. When you get home and you're trying to pull them out, and you're like, oh, yeah, honey, I got these things. I remember showing it to my girlfriend for the first time, and she couldn't even believe what it was. I was like, yeah, do you want to try this? And she's like, She's pretty adventurous. She'll eat some stuff that I that I like in terms of like raw produce. If stuff's like cooked and prepared, she's like game for whatever. Mm -hmm. And I pulled it out and cut it in half, and she's like, "What is that?" Like, "Mm." and I (laughs) pull a little bit out, and she was like, "One bite!" Like, oh my god, this is amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't like get into those kind of little niche, like you know, I don't, I don't know, novelty ingredients, arguably. I don't know if it was ever like. You know, my mom's a. I don't want to talk about my mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You might need to talk about your mom. (laughs) But but now I'm
4: going to. So she's in like agricultural background, and that's where I got a lot of where I wanted to be in food was that she was super involved in agriculture and biodiversity and really how you know us farming as humans went forward and those type of things were like cross-spread like poll- pollinated. I think that they were. I don't think that there was a natural thing for finger lines, but maybe I could be wrong because I'm not a scientist and I'll leave it to my mom to like comment They could on be a man-made item. That's what I think because I remember the first time I tried was in New York and I was like, what the f*** what is this? <laughs> and they said something like that, but I don't know like I'm I don't I don't know that thing but it, it, it's like what you can – my biggest thing right now is like vegetables are way more fun with me to cook with than food. And that's like what my whole pop-up is about is that I'm not using meat as much because I feel like the meat industry in LA especially oh God. is really bad. Like the stuff that a lot of restaurants use is just not of the highest quality and you can't hate them for it because it's really expensive to buy the highest quality. But – I have the ability to like kind of, you know, chart a new trail. I, I would say, which makes me sound like an explorer, but I'm not. <laughs>
2: a and, You're and, rogue,
4: bro. We're <laughs> just going rogue. Gone up river. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, it's more about if I can find a really great piece of meat, yeah, I'm going to serve that. But if I can't, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Because I don't. I don't want to pay these people for that, and I don't want them to promote like. Raising an animal in a in a negative way, or you know, feeding somebody that's something that's filled with antibiotics or or whatever comes along with it. I think that that's not a good way to look at life in general. And unless it, it
3: comes from Del Taco, or chicken Sassies. or put a look at where I will be working yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just like the idea of you coming home asking your girlfriend if she wants to try these these special limes, and she's like, "You want to wash your clothes, motherfucker." You got dirt pouring out the pockets, dog. Dude, that's basically extra. She's exactly like your pockets are doing you got you
1: better have truffles in there. <laughs> what do you got? Limes in there? This is some bullshit. Mm-mm.
4: Get <laughs> some finger limes in that
2: shit?
1: Uh um, no, honey. Let's talk about after a, well, working at Twamac, you've invented and created and and sold tons of crazy wild dishes. I wanna know, A, what has been your most successful acclaimed dish of all time and what has been a dish that you thought was going to be hot fire and everyone hated? Okay, so I'll
4: start off from the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one dish one time that um, Ludo actually was at the restaurant and him and I were talking he's like, I need you to come up with a dish and I'm leaving for an hour and when I come back, I work the best under pressure especially creatively and he was like, I'm going to be back in like an hour or two hours or whatever it I'm was. I'm going to go I'm get not, a I'm massage. Gonna, yeah, you know, I was going <laughs> to go get my hair cut by some French artist or something like that. So, so something like that. But like he, he was going to go do that. And then uh, I came up with this dish that actually and, – and he helped me with the dish. We worked on it together afterwards. But the original idea was this baby corn ceviche that we did. And it ended up at Bon Appetit's number one dish of the year.
0: Oh. No
1: way. Yeah. And baby corn is a is the little kind of weird shitty corn that a lot of people don't even really care about. Not the shit from the can. <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. right. But that's like, that's the general knowledge of the of baby course, corn. Of course, yeah. And that's what can. most people
4: would think about it, and then think that's what the fun of it is and like what the mm-hmm. play on it is too is like mm-hmm. to think of it that way. But we got um and it was my fault because after we created this dish. That was my idea. Additionally, I had to go and find baby corn for like three months after that, which was a huge You nightmare. have to go keep
1: getting this ingredient that's like super hard to... Talking to Mexican
4: get. farmers about growing their, form, their their corn really, really small <laughs> is a nightmare, dude.
3: qué? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want it Blessing big.
4: Blessing and a curse. I want it this big. And they're like, no, no, no. This big. No. Okay. I'll pay you the same as normal corn for mm-hmm. this big or mm-hmm. more finally then they then they started doing it for a little bit, but it was like uh it was baby corn we'd cooked on the grill like over wood fire, a ceviche broth, which is like uh amarillo, which is the pepper from per, uh Peru um celery garlic a lot of lime and and um and brown butter, and then we did like a black garlic puree on it, and seagrass, which is like a salty it's basically a gretti, which is um it's like a lettuce. It's named from Italy, but that that dish really, really was a, a a huge home run, and I feel like I was really happy with how that worked out. To having you know my boss be like, "I'm leaving, figure this out," <laughs> and come back, and me being under like extreme stress, like going in and out of the bathroom, like staring at myself in the mirror, like "You got this, bro." <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, then Bon Appetit dish of the year, yeah, and then it was the number one of the year, and I really was. Kind of overwhelmed by when that happened, and I think that Ludo was too, and I think that we both kind of like bonded over that to the fact that we we did this thing together and and it was great. Um, things that I've done shitty, I really I really can't—not <laughs> so
1: much s- shitty, but like a dish that you really were like, "This is so dope! I love this dish. It's going to do well." And buy. then the public reaction was was not that.
4: I mean, my thing is that I look I look at everything that I do. Kind of like art a little bit, just kind of like a musician looks at a piece of like you know, music that they put together as a part of who they are. Mm-hmm. And for me, there was there's very few things that I could say about this, and I can't. <laughs> and and maybe this is like my ego, like coming in real hard on me. But there was a couple things that I, I'm very hard on myself from the get go, and I really you know try a lot of things out a lot before I put it on the menu, before it gets worked out. And also Ludo tasted it. So like, he didn't really let me fuck up. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. But, there was a couple things like, I did this like,
2: <laughs>
4: I did this this one time that I thought was great and my girlfriend thought it was great, which was, I thought it was amazing because she, she doesn't wrap her head around a lot of that style of food in in some ways. And it was um a salt baked celery root thing that I did. So it was like a celery root baked in salt. And a lot of people love this thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it
4: just wasn't perceived in the same way that I thought it was going to. And then Is I, it a whole celery root? No, it was I baked the whole celery root in salt, which was like a classic thing, and then sliced it really thin. And then I mixed it with a lot of different things. So it was like, um we used to work with this forager Twamek, who would have like pickled seeds and stuff like that from from California and I used to really like working with him because he'd bring me these different ingredients and I kind of mix it in it so it's kind of like a salad of the salt baked celery root and then I like I love playing with the vegetables more than meat so this was you know kind of a heartier course and then we made our own creme fraiche smoked creme fraiche in the restaurant it was the first time I ever made it
1: we basically just took- how do you smoke creme fraiche by the way
4: this is what we did you can do it a lot of different ways but this is what we did this is like the hardcore way so we have a wood wood fire grill at the place we I had one nah. now I have nothing
1: now you've gone nah. rogue <laughs> now you've <wrong. laughs> gone sick rogue now I've a rouge but
4: we had this wood fire grill and we'd have these embers at the end of the night so we took the cream and we would basically just throw the embers in there at the end and it would start to smoke out of there and we'd just cover it with a top and let it smoke overnight in there so it would basically just absorb all the the smoke from there and it was unbelievable the flavor that you get. So, out you of take
1: it. a pot of cream. <laughs> Amazing. And put hot embers in the pot and let it chill overnight. And when you
4: put hot embers in cream, yes, to wow. answer your question. Wow. But yes, when you put hot embers in cream, it's a fucking nightmare. Ah, <laughs> it's like you throw it in and smoke just starts coming out, and you gotta take this top and you put it on top, and then you pick up the whole bucket and put it under the sink and just run water on the top of it so you could cool down the top. Because if not the smoke, the pressure from the smoke, like when you're opening blow, a pressure cooker. Yeah, yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yep. And I then, do that every year for Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so that that became the. What cream. kind of wood was this? Uh, we used to use almond wood. Almond. So we found almond was the wood best embers, wood. raw dog into <laughs> a pot so of awesome. cream. <laughs> it was so cool! Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that ended up being this kind of catalyst for. A lot of other dishes that we did out there, we used to. We started smoking a lot of stuff from there, but we made this creme fraiche where basically we just put this cream and you just put a top on it and you throw it on top of the oven overnight and you come in after three days and you're like, is that okay? Like, I'm going to get somebody sick and you're like, nah, it's okay. It's good. And then we put in an ISI. So it was like a a dress salad of this roasted celery. I know we're far from that right now and probably no one remembers. But, and then we... Kind of slowly piped this, this like you know aerated, um, come fresh that we made on top of it, and then we grated like a ton of fresh juniper, which is a super different thing that I never had. And this is the first thing that my girlfriend had from that I made that was like, she was like, "Oh my god, that tastes like Colorado," and I was like. I was super happy she liked like, it. Like,
1: juniper root? Or,
4: like, what were you grading from the juniper? The actual berries of juniper, like, the ones that you buy, the, like, dark purple ones, are okay. super dried out, and they're not... Basically, this is how it works. Like, when juniper, you know, sprouts its seeds, it's just like any other plant, but for some reason, juniper sprouts this other... Um, there's, like, a casing that goes on the outside, which is very piney. Oh. And... If it's fresh, and you can find it fresh, which you can get in California, but it's hard to find that's coastal is I just grated on a microplane over it, and it's it's super pine it's like pine needles kind of, and that was my inspiration for the dish was like you know kind of woodsy kind of thing and mm-hmm. and that's how I look at at food a lot. I just wanted it to be like a woodsy like garden type thing, and mm-hmm. she loved it, but there was a lot of people that didn't like it mm-hmm. you right. know and didn't think that it was great but People that, you know, and, and this is annoying. thing. I don't want to say this, but like some people have a, a really advanced palate in a lot of mm-hmm. way and they talk about it like, oh, my palate is so great. Like whatever, like my palate sucks. I've been a chef for a long time. I don't know shit. So don't <laughs> sit here and like eat in front of me and tell me you know better than me because you don't. But like at the same time, it's just all about fun. So, right. and, and that was one of those things that I thought was kind of like. Mm-hmm. kind of back and forth. I think I've gone way too much into detail about this. No, and no, no, no. Maybe I, mean, and maybe I still, should leave. No, that's <laughs> the whole <laughs> but, it,
3: <laughs> but it's also that's a why very we want detail. But juniper in general and also the alcohol derivative gin, I mean, it's a very specific flavor profile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you pick up something like garlic, onion, mirepoix that's in every food, nobody kind of blinks an eye at that but you put something pine flavored or you make a gin cocktail and people don't like gin, they're going to be like, oh, I, I don't this is not what I enjoy. I mean, and that makes sense. And it's something that, <clears throat> hearing it, I would love to try. My yeah. question, though, also is going a little bit back. So, when you bake the celery root um, in salt, how did you bake it in salt? Did you just did you wet the salt? Did you use egg whites? Because this, some, when I hear you make these dishes, I'm just like, oh, they sound so good. I also want to know some of the specifics of like mm. the, how you did it. Well, I mean, that's basically what makes me
4: a magician, and you're not going to hear shit from that. Damn! I like that answer, too, because I
3: want that out of you after this podcast. I'm just over. kidding. I'm just kidding. No no, no, no,
4: no, Honestly, like, I just, like, and this is the funny thing about cooking that people, like, and a lot of chefs will sit here and be like, oh, I'm not going to tell you, like, whatever. It, like, I just mix salt with water, dude. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. Packed it, I packed it around a celery root that I peeled with a peeler. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. And put it on the sheet tray and put it in the oven until it was cooked. And then yeah. when it came out, and I tried it like three times. The first two times, I was like, it's not great. And then when I did the last time, I thought it was really good. And I mean more about like timing.
3: Yeah.
4: And texture, like how it came out. Sure. Because when you cook in a certain way, like when you're raised in the way that I've been, it's, like, it's more about, like, if I cook a hot dog... I'm going to make it the best, like, in every way. The best. I'm going to cook the bun perfect. And you're going to be like, what the fuck did you do with that bun? (laughs) And I'm going to be like, I deep fried it. (laughs) 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 Or like a hot dog, you know, it's it's the same thing. It's like, and and that's the way that I think that people should look at food from now on, or chefs, it's like, and that's what they don't do. They're like, I just put some shit in pan, I started shaking it around, and and this is what I had, and and I thought it was cool. Like, that's not, like, there's... That's not the upper echelon of food. Sure, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to promote myself, especially on this show, as like some kind of like, you know, highbrow douchebag because it's not who I am at all. But I really want people to understand that like, there's there's different aspects. I think there's like three tiers of food of like the way people and there's like there's Denny's and Denny's is awesome.
0: Yeah,
4: in its own way, it's awesome. You know why? Because they create like. They're so consistent, and the consistency, being consistent, is extremely hard in this industry. Yeah, it's It's super hard. And there's the middle of the road, which is like, let's say Squirrel, because I don't like Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like it's good. It's really it's really good, and I think that she does a great job over there. But it's not like it's not like they're like looking at every item that they put on the menu they're catering to a certain crowd. Yeah. And I think that that's like how a lot of restaurants, especially in Silver Lake are, it's like they're catering to this, like, oh, it's like this people are going to eat this or, or whatever. And that's what she's doing. She's making a shit ton of money. God bless you. You're great. But like, and then there's like the, the next piece of puzzle, which is like where I want to be, which is just, I'm going to blow your mind. And I want you to understand that I spend so much time thinking about this. That you would not believe it. Like, <laughs> you would, you would not believe it. if you saw me plan this menu out. You'd be like, like even the menu that I'm doing for this place at Santa Ana. Like I was like, I'm gonna to do it real simple. I'm not gonna think about it, but I can't do that. And I realized that from I think this experience of me being on my own is that I can never think about food that way. You can't shut the brain off. I just can't. I, I have to do it in my like you know higher end way, where just like. I'm gonna use every ingredient to its fullest potential and I'm gonna buy the best of stuff and I'm yeah. gonna make sure that every bite you have is amazing. I and mean, if and if you don't like it or you think it's kinda of weird, you know what, dude? That's your thing. I'm not gonna be mad at you about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It's just like it's just like you, Jason. Like like, I, I respect you a lot. I respect the stuff that you've done. And like, and, and Jason's a fucking superstar now, like, when I met him. <laughs> 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 like, hey. He is. He's, like, like amazing. And I love your stuff. I listen to it on SoundCloud all the time, too. And I listen to Sam's stuff, too. And, like, you've just, like, followed your heart and done what you wanted to do. And I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that a lot of people don't do that anymore. I think that everybody kind of falls into this same... You know, this, like, workload where it's like, I need to make money to pay my rent. I need to make money to do this for me. And, like, I'm really trying to change that for our industry and I really want it to be more about, like, I'm going to work three days a week and I'm going to make more money than any of you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to laugh the whole time, <laughs> you know? like, And I think that that's really, you know, what's fun and important about any industry or anything that you do now in life is that that that's that's it's all what you make of it it's all like how you you know you project yourself onto the community and if you want to have fun people are going to want to have fun with you and if, if you don't want to have fun sure. then no one's going to like you so <laughs> just stay not having fun in your house and stay
1: doing top chef and stay <laughs> doing-
0: <laughs>
1: amen doug well, um, I think we're gonna wrap this thing up, man. Thank you so much. That was
3: awesome. Thanks. We Tom. have to
1: have you back on, and we'll just do this thing all over again because I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Surface. I mean, I would talk
4: for another couple of hours. I know, but that. I really am more happy about hanging out with you guys. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so much fun. It's been a pleasure. Well, we'll we'll definitely have you back on, and we'll just really get into it even more because there's 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 so much more to talk about. Um, so your your let's let's plug your pop up. It's going to be you said January sixth. So January sixth at uh,
4: Playground Santa Ana two point um, It's called Rogue. $175 a ticket. I know it's expensive, but shut your mouth. <laughs> just go and have fun, and it'll, it'll be good. I think I have, like, maybe 10 tickets left. And what's, it's, it's the, next Wednesday. We're, we're, what's the website for people to go?
1: Uh, it's
4: at Playground D
2: T. So it's all through Playground.
1: So just look up Playground Santa Ana. Yeah, will have the info there. And then after that, we're going to do
4: just look up Rogue. So Rogue LA, um... And we're just going to run with it. We're just going to have fun. And we just want people to come and have fun with us. So, Amen. We'll
1: go from there. All right. I want to
0: have
1: fun.
3: Everybody we, we, wants to
0: have we fun. We'll be there. <laughs> You'd be surprised.
1: <laughs> um, well, you can follow this podcast at com. If you like this show, subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend. Give us a nice rating and review. You can follow me on social media at themjeans. Andre Conaparro has no social media.
0: Don't have any. Very well.
1: Chris Stewart is at Stewie Stewart on Instagram. Check him out.
0: Check him out, baby. Stewie Stewart, Stewie Stewart. I can't remember. And what, what's your Instagram? At
4: Chef Doug Fresh.
1: At Chef Doug Fresh. <laughs> he has crazy shit on there. And thank you so much for doing this. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Hope good. Bye. Bye.
2: <laughs>